Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hello, I'm C. Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Edwina Dunn. How are you, Edwina? Good morning. I'm very well. Edwina Dunn is founder of the Female Lead, a non-profit organisation dedicated to making women's stories more visible and offering alternative role models to those ever-present in popular culture, as well as being the CEO of StarCamp, a data science company who are the experts in the science of purchasing intent. She is a data science entrepreneur co-founding Dunhumby. Um, so you've been in the world of data science for a while. Um, what has changed the most in data science above and beyond just the pure amount of data that's being created? Well I think you know I grew up at a time when technology was really the thing that affected the use of data more than anything else. So at the time we created Dunhumby and at the time we met Tesco and they talked to us about Clubcard. What's hard to remember, it was just at the point of the art of the possible. Mm. So actually trying to find a way to hold big data was the really the biggest challenge. Mm. And so we pushed the boundaries, which was really exciting. Mm. And I still love that area of pushing the boundaries. Mm. So back then in 1995 we were the first we were the first and only mm. so it was a very privileged position um, lonely but privileged pioneering pioneering, pioneering which is still in my blood yeah um, you know I started with site location models um, which really spawned a lot of the um, industry and property leaders of the business today so it's still my passion, pioneering. I love doing things that people haven't done before, and that's what excites me. Where does that come from? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, my father was an engineer. My mother stayed at home and brought the three of us up, and so I don't really know where it came from. My first job excited me hugely. It was American. It was very forward-thinking, and you, it really was a true meritocracy, and they taught entrepreneurial skills. It was mm. phenomenal back, back then. So I think it just became enormously natural, and I met Clive Humby, my husband-to-be there, mm. and we both grew up thinking that making your own world, running your own P&L, mm. um, having a vision of the future and making it happen were all entirely normal. and. You know, I've spent the next 30 years really realising I'm not completely normal. Mm. Mm. Well, and, and obviously the other thing, which I'm sure you wouldn't even have thought about, or, or tell me, you wouldn't even have thought about at the time, but is still exceptional, is that you went into your partnership 50-50. It wasn't, you know, you were never going to stay at home, I'm assuming. And No, it was really quite funny because we married and then for nine years... Um, it was, we married and, and, you know, I think at the time Clive said, so are we going to have children? Yeah. I went, wow, I'm having much too much fun to have children <laughs> yeah. at this stage. Yeah. So we were married for nine years before we had children. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it allowed me to breathe mm. as a person. It allowed me to breathe from a business point of view and create this very equal partnership. With, with Clive, who, who ended up, I think, doing as much in the parenting as he did in the business. And in the business, yeah. we were complete opposites. Mm. You know, someone once said, business needs two types of leader. One is a 
Uh, well, an innovative business. One is a genius, mm. and the other is a bastard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was quite worried because I knew I wasn't the genius. <laughs> now, I, I'm really interesting, and you know, having obviously been around in the nineties myself, extraordinary that we still find it extraordinary. Um, yeah. Which brings me on to the next question, which is, what single skill would you say that you've worked on during your career that's given you the most success? I've worked hard at it. I still think your world and your skills could help push the boundaries of that. It's all about storytelling. Okay. Um, I work with incredibly scientific and numerate people. They find it really difficult to understand when someone doesn't understand because they see pictures in numbers. Clive sees patterns in numbers. And so expressing that is really quite difficult and you have to relate to people who don't see like that, they mm. see with a picture. And so we've tried really hard to build that capability and in fact, you know, I've always been pushed in the end to create some kind of agency perspective mm. in a very, very um, analytical data and numerate world because if you can't convey what you're doing with an image, with a story, yeah. people don't get it. And if they don't get it, they don't buy it and they don't buy into it. So so it's a never-ending challenge. And, um, and I think that that whole art of storytelling is something that we have to be very careful with our new industry that we don't forget. Because these tech companies with geeks and, and their expressions of algorithms and mm. AI, they're quite alienating. Mm. They're sexy, but alienating. <laughs> and we have to make this mainstream. Looking at the female lead now is about making women's stories more visible. What is stopping women's stories from being more visible? Where do I begin? I think women are far too self-deprecating. Um, they will talk about their weaknesses ahead of their strengths. Um, they will consider it unfeminine to be ambitious, to be bold. Um, and I think it's about helping women find a language that they are comfortable with that still allows them to be very um, strongly identifiable to stand for something which I mm. is important what you do here in these podcasts is really important because you allow women to express what they've done mm. with who they are and the more we build that confidence the more that self-expression becomes quite powerful so for women it's about forgetting whether you know when they're filmed they look perfect mm -hmm. it's forgetting whether they express it in the way that others have mm -hmm. it's about them genuinely being proud of what they've done so far um, and telling that story to others so that others can um, build mm -hmm. on their shoulders build on those ideas what can we all do to help we can tell stories that already exist. We can surface the way in which women are already amazing, that they are already doing incredible things. I think the more I see documentaries now, the more history is revealing yeah. that women's stories are just as powerful and just as innovative 
um, they just were not told. They were silenced. And I think because of some of the rules and the voting and the way in which women didn't have the same rights back mm. in history, mm. they've been subsumed. But surfacing those is enormous fun and um, hearing about them is even more so. So I think, you know, we take the women who are achieving today in all sorts of different ways. It doesn't have to be all about money and power. It can be humanitarian, it can be so many things. But to tell those stories and allow, you know, the young people in schools and universities today to think, I can do more rather than what are the reasons I shouldn't be doing this. I think that's such an important point about it being in schools and universities and it's not just about us in the professional world, it's about preparing those young girls and boys to deal with it now. Exactly and, and I think boys, you know, what we want is for boys to know that there are great stories about women because, mm. you know, at, at the end of the day, if we don't have the conversation with boys then we're, we're speaking exactly. in an echo chamber which mm. is no yeah. use whatsoever. You've had an amazing career to date, um, obviously culminating in appearing on the podcast, but if you <laughs> had your time again, what would you do differently? Oh gosh, what would I do differently? I think, in a very simple, I mean I love my career, I, you know, I wouldn't change a single thing. I, I, I love that. I, I have, even the things that I didn't get completely right, I mean I wasn't very clever at school, I didn't know how much I would love work mm. I was quite lazy I thought I was going to be very lazy to be honest now mm. I'm now I find it very hard not to do something because I get excited I'm yeah. almost greedy for life now so um, what would I do differently I think I would learn drama I would learn acting yeah. because I think the storytelling is so powerful in the hands of those kinds of professionals and I think that would add a dimension an ability to project that would enthuse others and um, yeah if I could go back do you know I could should I do a plug now I'll yeah. do a plug for the Rada for Business course ah. so would seriously recommend it I'll send you the details but it's um, executive presence for women really and I, I found I did it Catherine and my co-author also did it really useful very you know I, I wasn't going in there as someone who hadn't presented or couldn't present it. Yeah. It's just, it's just, but I learnt and still use several things that I picked up on that. So oh, I will, exciting. as an aside thing, send, yeah. you, send you great. Send you that. Um, what's what's next? There is a lot going on. I know. Um, what next? Gosh, um, I think for me, I want to stay very, very focused on reaching young people at schools and universities. I think it's very easy to get distracted by businesses wanting to help their female and their diversity agendas. And I love all of that. And, and you know, the great thing about businesses, agency groups, is they're such powerhouses mm. of communication. But getting these stories, um, getting the films... Can you explain a little bit about it? For not all our listeners will, will know sure. exactly what the female lead does. So the female lead is a book, a very beautiful coffee mm. table book of stunning photographs by the world-renowned Brigitte Lacombe and documentary mm -hmm. films by her sister Marianne Lacombe. 
um, and they're very captivating. And what is revealed is not just the famous person, you know, Meryl Streep, Christine Lagarde, but the woman inside, which I think, um, you know, people really want to understand. These people were not born successful mm. or famous. Mm -hmm. They were not born unflawed. Mm. Um, and what they've done is navigate quite a difficult journey. And it's really their stories of how they've been knocked back, uh, what went wrong, um, and their journey towards and what they've is, achieved. And is available for all schools? It's available free right. to all schools across the UK. We've already distributed it to about 6,000 schools, so we're reaching yeah. about a million students Amazing. already, wow. which is um, exciting. And, and we get great letters from parents, teachers, um, individuals. Uh, so it's very exciting and so it goes free to schools and we are now uh, focusing on universities and colleges so you go onto the website and you can nominate a teacher in school and then they're gifted the book and the films and the teaching materials mm. that go with it we're doing it in America as well amazing um, and so that's happening as we speak we've just distributed our first uh, thousand uh, in New York um, and so getting it to them so that they can have discussion groups, yep. they can have fun talking about the women that they relate to. Because mm -hmm. what we find, these 60 women represent such diverse definitions of inspiration and yep. success. We find that people relate to very different ones. And so... And My, that diversity is so important, isn't it? It is. Because there's not one frame. There's not one yeah. look or feel. Um, which is the danger of our, our social media mm. culture at the moment, where celebrity and fashion is very much focused on how you look more than what you actually do. So actually, what next for you is continuing to change the world? Is that... Yeah. Well, gosh, that sounds very big. I think to prove that that what you do is so liberating and inspiring and to, to bring research to that to bring evidence because mm. I'm a scientist yep. really yep. Um, in all that I do so what we're trying to reveal is, is the evidence that says if you get these role models to young people at the right age mm. it changes the course of their future mm. and we are beginning to have proof points which is what's so exciting. So whereas most people will say social media is a force for bad, mm. what we want to prove is that social media can be a force for great good and great encouragement. So I'm getting quite emotional here. Like having, I, it was very difficult for me to understand this sort of women's stories thing because I don't know, I just didn't understand it. But then since having a daughter, it's it's put everything into perspective and it's really helped. And I'm getting very emotional. Um, That's nice. Onto the re onto the regular questions. Uh, what is your favourite lyric or line from a poem or book? So, um, I know this sounds like an easy choice, um, and but I, it means so much to me. Um, Nelson Mandela said something, and I might not quote it completely accurately, but he speaks about the fact that if you allow what you do to be seen the reflection of what you do and what you believe in gives permission to others to shine a light on their own achievements. Mm. Mm. And it's so beautifully phrased that let the light shine on you so that others can see it 
and know that they have permission to do it too mm. is so powerful yeah. and that really represents everything that I'm trying to do because mm. it's a lot of women have a lot of women have trouble with that right they do they it is this self-effacement yeah. this this modesty so that single powerful thought I mean I I, I would say I find that difficult that's a very interesting I think men not in the same way I think in terms of being vulnerable because that's the first place my mind went to is being vulnerable and opening up about your mistakes Mm. and what you find difficult and what what you fail to do men find it very difficult to be vulnerable but in in terms of like being the change you want to see if you're vulnerable people Mm. will be vulnerable back yeah and it does open up a whole different conversation mm. and dimension. And mm. I think, you know, I'm a great admirer of how brilliantly men project, I'm going to be successful and yeah. I'm going to achieve, mm. you know, huge things. And I can, I still learn a lot from the way men project that. Mm. So um, I think it's important that we learn from each other and, and we take the very best. Mm. Okay. My favourite question, as we were discussing. Mm-hmm. So, if you were a genie, do we know what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you, please? I really struggled. Did you? Oh, really? I really struggled. No, because it's so important, this, and I've never been asked this question before. <laughs> what is brand me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I went round and round. I think I have a passion for water, for swimming, for sailing. Oh, do you? Um, and that's a big part of my life. So, you know, I'm not very sporty, but if you put me near the water, I'm totally happy. So um, I swim a lot. Um, I, you know, Clive and I sail a lot. Mm. A little bit of a cliche, but you can't worry about anything when you're on the sea. Yeah. It's a kind of yeah. rocking mo- yeah. motion yeah. that just means you're... I think swimming is the same. I mean, for me, swimming yeah. is the same. It's like flow, absolutely flow activity. Yeah, just kind of, I find it good therapy. So you give me context. It's like you are small. You like the endless horizon means there's other things out there. Yes. What you're going through is not as important as you think it is. Just calm down. And the sea can be a terrifying place. Yes. yes. Not only is it so beautiful, you need to concentrate. Yeah. But you do need to be very respectful that mm. it's not tame. Yeah. And you should always so, be so on your pins. So the sea. So any particular coast that you'd like while while with because we can provide the coast it's my, we can, it might be the biggest thing we've put in we've had yes. was it Sussex we had a Kent? county we had, we had a, a county. county before that was the biggest um, thing that's ever been on but, this table but I think uh, we could provide a coast <laughs> yeah <laughs> well if you'd asked me when I was young yeah. it would be the south coast because right. I always sailed from the Hamble but now I'm older I've gone really soft hmm. and we do pottering around the Mediterranean. The med. Let's put the med in. Okay. <laughs> also, it's, like, it's lovely to swim in as well. Yeah. So you've got both there. It's like a bath. Excellent. Okay, good. Good to the Mediterranean. <laughs> so a swimsuit, a windjammer or whatever you call them now. Yeah. I think I would also have like a roasting pot because I love family things. I yeah. love, you know, my extended family. I love events, cooking. Um, Christmas, you know, anything where a whole... Everyone comes together. It's a very yeah. warm, mm. it's a very, Lovely. I think, a very female-orientated mm. um, emotion where mm. the family's gathered mm. and you're just happy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's important. I could have picked a glass of wine, but I thought the roasting tin was more good. appropriate. Um, and then... This is a borrowed one because my husband's very passionate about Leicester Tigers. He, right. he played when he was young 
for them. Uh, I've assumed his mantle. So um, because I'm not very sporty, I just think my way now into rugby and I speak rugby and go to rugby matches. Mm -hmm. And so it's a slightly borrowed passion, Mm -hmm. but... It's something we love to do together. So a season ticket. A, or a Tiger shirt or a season ticket? T- uh, I, I think uh, uh, a season ticket season would season be ticket. fab. Yeah. Yeah. So the med swimming med. costume, med roasting dance. pot. I've got med roasting pot. That's the Tiger season shirt. Ticket. Yeah, season, season ticket. ticket. Okay. Two more? Two more. So um, I think a book or something like a library ticket or whatever the equivalent. You could have a Kindle. A Kindle. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a voracious reader. I love books. Um, and, and that's my wind down. So that. And then I think finally I would have a, something to write on. So a, a Mac or an, a, 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 a pad of paper and something that pedestrian yeah, let's, go, let's go old school I'm quite old school when I write yeah. I love creating something from nothing I'm not a great storyteller but gosh I'd have months and years to practice wouldn't I that's fabulous um, so I suppose which, we know the answer to this well, really, yeah, what, don't we which book you've given away most, most frequently yeah. yes yes indeed <laughs> very good the female lead yes. well fine well let's what's your favorite book then um i love so many books and I, you know i think the one that pops into my head at the moment is shantaram it's 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 not a recent book but shantaram is is a book that's supposed to be based on truth it's a guy who um was in a in a very dangerous world of Bombay, um, who lived in the slums, got thrown into prison, and actually learnt to live and adapt. He came from Australia, oh. and he learnt to navigate the, the the Bombay slums. And it's the most captivating story. Um, so I, it's always mm. it's always non-fiction. Uh, do I mean non-fiction? Yes, yes. it's always non-fiction yeah. that interests me. Yeah. Um, but that's a really captivating read. Yeah, sounds great. If you could change the industry or our industry or the wider industry um, in one way right now, what would it be? More women. It's a, uh, the figures are astonishing. I think it, it's so slow. They are, and and I think also, and and you know this too very very well. It's not just more women, but it's making sure women get into the leadership roles. Yeah. And it's it's so easy to say, and there are so many reasons why women don't. Maybe because mm. of the perception of what they have to do to get there. Yeah. You know, maybe that sense of backstabbing or climbing on people, or having to give up everything, or every you know, not have a family, a, not, have, not have a private life. Yeah. Exactly, private life. And I, I think that's what we have to change, oh, which is you do I it so and agree. you do it on your terms, I'm not so other people's. If we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? I think it would sound very um, folksy, but I can't really change that. It would be something along the be kind, help others. Mm. Because in being kind and helping others, your life becomes so much better. In a, in a way, the more selfish people are, I genuinely believe the less happy their life mm. and their career. Mm. And the more you help others, the more fun you have. Um, the more people will help you. 
and I just don't think it's encouraged enough. It, it's seen mm. as a soft option mm. rather than a strong option. Because you have to be confident to embrace others and say, you know, come with me, come alongside me. I was always taught from the age of, when, when I started work at the age of 22, I was taught hire people better than yourself because mm. you'll always look good. Mm. And that's really been my philosophy throughout. Mm. Edwina, there's one question you cannot prepare for. Um, <laughs> it, it's from the School of Life, the Paul uh, Alan de Baton Paul. The Alan de Baton uh, 100 Questions, a toolkit for careers. So if you could choose one of these at random, oh. read it out and answer it, please. <laughs> Money is A, a reliable indicator of how much you are worth in the world, B, a fairly arbitrary measure that doesn't indicate the human value of a task. Ooh. Or a C, I guess, if, if you think there's an alternative. I, you know, in a way, I would go with A, a reliable indicator of how much you are worth in the world, but with a very important um, marker, which is your value is only known to you, your honesty and integrity is only known to you. But money is a way of playing the game and measuring where you are. And it should be fun, you should be enjoying yourself, and you shouldn't compromise any of your values. But yeah, it's a yardstick. Um, I like winning. I like yeah. being successful. It's fun. I, I mean, it, it, it requires, that, that view of it, I suppose, requires everyone to have the same opportunities, which they, they don't. And that's part of what you try and change. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I think, you know, there are two types of barrier. One is where you start and the yeah, opportunities yeah. you're given, which I probably can't help a lot with mm. because that, that's social infrastructure. Mm. But self-belief, yeah. I believe I can help a little bit with, and mm. that is my passion, which is you must believe in yourself to take part yeah. and not ever stand back. People, people are surprising. What you can do is surprising. I, I surprise myself yeah. hugely. I never thought I would be clever or successful, ever. You have to put yourself in a situation that you don't think you can do it to find out that you can, right? It, you, that, that's how you, you do that. You have to take risks. Yes. You, you have to face failure and see it as an opportunity to improve mm. and not a judgment, not mm. a final judgment. Edwina Dunn, thank you so much for your time, it's been wonderful. Thank you.